around the world. The Spirit is moving and a voice is being heard. Welcome to The Voice of Evangelism with David Langford. You can write to The Voice of Evangelism at P.O. Box 502, Kayser, North Carolina, 28020. We'll give you that address again at the close of today's broadcast. But here now is David Langford. Hello, friends. Pastor David Langford here today. We'd like to welcome you to The Voice of Evangelism International Ministries. Today is Monday, March the 15th, 2021. We welcome each of you today to this edition of The Voice of Evangelism, where we've been teaching on the subject of preparing for the darkness, preparing for the darkness. By the time you hear this radio program, we will have probably already posted a two-hour taping that we did with Brother Daryl Turner from Palmer, Tennessee. You do not want to miss one of those episodes. I said you will not want to miss one of those episodes with Brother Daryl Turner from Palmer City, Tennessee. He, which I didn't know at the time, had told people publicly, Trump would not be reelected and that God was going to use the next administration to bring judgment on America. Uh, I've been knowing Brother Darrell Turner for 30-some years. He preached for me when I was pastoring in Charlotte, North Carolina in the very early 90s, 90, 91, 92. We were discussing how long it had been, nearly 30 years. But you don't want to miss those in, that interview uh, that taping that he and I did about the coming persecution and what's going to take place in America. But I was astounded to hear his words that he had publicly stated for the last, I don't know, six months to a year that he, he wanted Trump to win. He prayed Trump would win, but in his heart, he felt that Trump would not win and that God would use the next administration to bring judgment on America. And he didn't elaborate exactly on what kind of judgment, but you can rest assuredly, God is going to judge America for her sins. I also want to make another special announcement. We began last week on Tuesday, March the 9th, we began our TV ministry on direct television and dish network. We're with Christian Television Network. That's Christian Television Network. It is CTN. That's the acronym. CTN for Christian Television Network. On direct television, it is channel 376. Direct television, channel 376. Dish Network, it is channel 267. On Dish, it is 267. That'll be each Tuesday night at 10 p.m., each Saturday evening at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Both times are Eastern Standard. Tuesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Saturday evenings at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, those programs will be posted the following week on our website if you're not able to get them. I just felt led of the Lord to start reteaching Matthew chapter 24. So that's what we're going to be doing. So if you want to 
see those programs if you have direct television or dish network. Again, it's channel 376 on direct television and on the dish network is channel 267 and that's Tuesday nights at 10 p.m. and Saturday evenings at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And again, each weekly TV program will be posted on our website the following week. I'm confident, I'm certain, they will be a great, great blessing to you. And we just feel it's very apropos. Right now is the time. You know, everything in the kingdom of God is about timing. The kairos, kairos, however you want to pronounce the Greek word chronos. Chronos is the succession of time. One, two, three, four, five, which brings us to a divine appointed time when things must come to pass. So I want to encourage you, uh, please, to pray for us, uh, that God would continue to use us to reach people literally all around the world. Uh, It's humbling to think we're being listened and heard in over 100 countries around the world, 100 Uh, That's phenomenal that God would use the voice of evangelism in that manner. And I've thought so many times when we started local radio back in 1986, 1986, that's been over 35 years ago, the opening that you hear to this day says around the world, the Spirit of God is moving and a voice is being heard. John Hamilton put that together, and that was a prophecy unknowingly. The words were prophetic. I had no idea in the future I would be doing what I'm doing. No longer pastoring, but just simply doing media ministry. And hopefully, here in the very near future, we're going to be able to get back and have some conferences. I I, I want to pull the trigger tomorrow, but I know I need to be patient uh, to get a little bit further down the road in this pandemic uh, that's come against the entire world. Folks, you may not realize it. God is shaking everything that can be shaken, and thus you want to be founded in the Word of God. 2 Timothy 2.19, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, that the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. This is why we know the foundation of God standeth sure. Why? Because it is the word of God. The Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from lawlessness or iniquity. So that is, that is a very apropos scripture right now in America. There's a lot of people naming the name of Christ. But regrettably, they are not departing from iniquity, lawlessness. They continue to live a life, a lifestyle of lawlessness. Amen. I want to play a beautiful song today by Jeff and Sherry Easter entitled Send It On Down the Nile. Send it on down the Nile. That's what you need to do with your troubles and cares. Send them on down the Nile.
matters the most. Send it on down. That's what we ought to do with our cares. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon the Lord. Why? Peter said, he careth for you. Do you believe that today? Do you believe with all of your heart, Christ our Lord cares for you and your well-being? Again, we're teaching on preparing for the darkness. So let me reiterate again, if you haven't watched or seen or they've not been put up yet, be looking for myself and Brother Daryl Turner. We did a taping last week for two hours, and you'll find it very, very informative, very anointed, very powerful and uh, it will touch your heart and life in a very, very special way. 
Today I want to talk about sin. I want to talk about rebellion. Sin and rebellion always forces Jehovah to remove his hand of blessing, to remove his hand of comfort. He has has to remove his blessing and his comfort from those who are willfully disobedient. God does not, God cannot bless unrighteousness. God cannot, God cannot bless sin. And there's so much sin. It is rampant in the modern church era. The megachurches are rotten to the core for the most part. There is an unfathomable failure rate in the megachurches. And regrettably, they, they, they've quit preaching the Bible. They don't preach anything from the Bible. They bring in secular corporate entities to help them to run to generate money and funds for the ministry. Let me tell you what the ministry needs. The Holy Ghost. I said the ministry needs the Holy Ghost. You don't need to be coupled to Amazon and to get a portion of money from sales from Amazon to propel the ministry. You need the Holy Ghost anointing of God to propel the ministry. The early church had no gimmickry, no trickery, no chicanery, but they had God and they had the anointing of the Holy Ghost on their lives. And they turned the world upside down. We're not turning anything upside down today. The rot, the putrid ruin, the iniquity has filled the boat. We need to turn the stinking boat over. You say, well, if it capsizes, we might lose people. They're already lost if they're in the boat of iniquity. Just like Acts chapter 27, they were trying to save the boat. God said, no, I'll save the souls, but I won't save the institution. I won't save the ship. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to save the souls, however. Slowly but surely, God is removing his hand from America I was in prayer this morning, and while I was praying, Acts 3.19 came into my mind. Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. There is never going to be a dynamic, powerful, worldwide move of God until there is repentance. During covid I still did not hear men preach repentance. During the four years of the Trump administration, the acceleration of prosperity and money and the great housing boom and the less than 2% interest rates, people still, ministries, still would not preach repentance. And as I was in prayer this morning, I sensed in my spirit there will not be the move of God that we want from God until there is repentance. Let me, let me quote that again. I want you, I want you to get this verse in its, in its entirety. Repent ye therefore and be converted 
that your sins may be blotted out, eradicated, removed, and then you'll see the times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. There's not going to be a time of refreshing. There's not going to be a time of revival until there is a time of repentance. Now, I know that's not popular. <laughs> I know probably better than anyone today those of you listening to this on radio, blog talk, or watching a YouTube video, you don't hear repentance. You just don't even hear the word. But that was the first recorded words of Christ, according to the evangelist and apostle Mark. Mark 1.15, he recorded Christ's first words as, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. People don't even have altar services in their churches. The preacher doesn't preach a message on old-fashioned Holy Ghost repentance and then give people an opportunity to get up from their seat, to get up from the pew and come down the aisle and prostrate themselves on an old-fashioned altar with hot tears streaming down their faces, praying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Oh, no, we don't want that in our church. These low-life hirelings are going to give an account to Almighty God for their wickedness. You and I both know they're in it for the money. I won't call the preacher's name. I should. But a dear lady wrote me a letter the other day, and she said, I used to think he was a true man of God, but he's flying around here and flying around there and begging for money and selling this and selling that. The Lord put it in my heart months ago. Christian celebrities. I have you to know I am not a celebrity. I even hate it when people say, would you autograph or sign your book or your books. I, I, I don't care to do that. I'm not a celebrity. I'm a Holy Ghost Spirit-filled preacher. But this is what we've turned into. It's all about money at the end of the day. And in spite of the vast and great blessings over the last four years, and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will destroy it. You're going to see an explosion of inflation. Buy the things you use every day right now. Hoard them up. Toothpaste, deodorant, whatever you buy or whatever you use daily, buy plenty of it. Put it back. You're going to witness inflation, and I'm afraid it might be hyperinflation. And when it stops, it'll be like a forest fire. It'll cross roads. It'll cross territories. It'll expand. It will go far-reaching. I see it. You see it. 
Look how much gas and diesel fuel has already gone up in the last two months. Who's going to pay for that? The cost of all of this is going to come back to you and I, the consumer. We're going to pay a price. God is going to pull back his hand of blessing. And there's never going to be an old-fashioned Holy Ghost, heaven-sent, devil-chasing, sin-killing revival until we start repenting of our sins. Just like Jeremiah, chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. Why then is this people of Jerusalem slidden back by a perpetual backsliding? They hold fast deceit. They refuse to return. I hearkened and heard, but they spake not aright. No man repented him of his wickedness, saying, What have I done? Think about that. They hold fast Deceit. They latch on to deception. D does anyone listening to me today have a fear of being deceived? Matthew 23, 4, many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. Many are going to come and many are going to be deceived. No repentance. So God pulls back his hand because when there's no repentance, what replaces that? Rebellion? Boy, they both start out with the letter R. Repent, rebel. 1 Samuel 15, 23. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. I've never seen such rebellion and never witnessed such stubbornness, just plain old stubbornness. You're not going to change. You're not going to believe. You're not going to repent. You're not going to convert. And then when judgment engulfs this nation, they'll say, why? I'm telling you why now before it ever happens. I'm telling you why before it ever happens. Won't, people won't repent and they're full of rebellion, stubbornness, stubbornness. Isaiah chapter 63, 10 says, but they rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit. Therefore was he turned to fight against them. Folks, you don't want God fighting against you, you cannot win. I said you cannot win. You can rebel, you can be stubborn, but when you vex, when you grieve the Holy Spirit and God is turned to fight against us, you cannot win. Go back and read Jeremiah. God told Jeremiah, I'm going to give Nebuchadnezzar power over the nations, the beast of the field, the animals. I'm going to give him superiority over everything. Why? Because of sin. Because of sin. Did God do it? Yes, he did. God can do anything because he's God. And America is on the precipice. America is on the precipice of some ugly 
things transpiring in this nation. I closed last week, last Tuesday, from Psalms 107, verses 9 through 14. And in verse 11, it says, Because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned or despised the counsel of the Most High God. Proverb 125 says, You have said it not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. See, I'm a Bible preacher. I said, I'm a Bible preacher. I'm going to tell you what the Word of God says. Men like myself are few and far between. We don't play patty cake. We don't twiddle our thumbs. We preach a pure, unadulterated Word of God. And that Word is quick and it's powerful. And yes, it is offensive because it cuts. I said it cuts. It cuts asunder to the joints and marrow and discerns the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And people don't like that kind of preaching. A man told me one time, he said, oh, there's still a handful of people that like your style. So you don't like the word. You honor God with your mouth. You honor God with your lips. But your heart, he said, it's far from me. Matthew chapter 15, verses 8 and 9. This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouths. They honor me with their lips. Their hearts, their hearts are far from me. But in vain, but in vain. The word vain means worthless, but in vain, but in Worthless worship, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. That's why there's such corruption in denominationalism is because it's the doctrine of men and not of God. Man's doctrine is always corrupt, whether you believe me or not. It is always corrupt. Why? It's from a man. It's not from God. Jesus said of himself in John 7, 16, he said, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. This is the doctrine of Elohim, God. Pure doctrine. And see, that's what's not being taught. We don't teach doctrine today. And what doctrine we do teach, a lot of it, most of it is tradition and it's fallacy. It's not real. It's false. When he says they rebelled against the words of God and contemned or despised the counsel of the Most High God. You see, I'm giving you sound counsel and people despise it. The word contemned, C-O-N-T-E-M-N-E-D, the word contemned means that Israel literally despised and they rejected the counsel of God. Isn't that tragic? Isn't that sad? That's the world in which we now live in. They, they don't want God's. They don't want God's counsel. They don't want God to show them the way. 
Psalms 106, verse 13. They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert, and he gave them their request, but sent leanness, leanness into their souls. Your soul is not fat. Your soul is not full. Your soul is not running over, but your soul is lean. You see, in an engine, if, if the carburation is lean, it's not getting the fuel to, to perform as it is supposed to perform. And they say it's running lean. If it's rich, it's too much fuel. We got too much leanness in our souls today. We, we, are, we are spiritually barren on the inside. Uh, it's like Pharaoh and the dream that he had of the, the skinny ears of corn and the skinny cows. That's what the church looks like today. Not the fat ears or the fat cows, but the skinny ears and the skinny cows. That, that, that's what's in America today. So you, 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 you're preaching a little hard today, preacher. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not a hireling. I'm, the old, I'm 66 years of age. I've, I've come to the place I loathe, I despise, I detest these hirelings who are in it for one thing, your money. I, I mean, I, I am sick of it. I'm a Christian. Forget me being a preacher, Okay. Forget me being a preacher. I am a Christian before I'm anything. I am sick and tired of these lifeless, listless parasites who are always trying to suck all the dollars they can out of the Christian community. Listen, these people are hucksters. And I loathe it because I happen to be a preacher. I'm a God-called preacher. Mama didn't call me and Daddy send me to college. I was called by God himself. He came to me as a little boy and touched my life. He changed me. Yes, I, I ran and I rebelled and I wallowed in the, the hog pen and the pits of sin. Thank God he didn't leave me there. He brought me out. He took me out of the, the, the miry clay and the horrible pit and he put my feet on a solid rock. And I've been walking to walk and talking to talk for 43, 44 years now. The church has become a rotten, putrid mess. I'm a man, and I despise it. What do you think God feels about it? Oh, God is love. God is love. You see, the prodigal got what he wanted but he sure didn't like what he got. See, you, you may get what you want in life, but when you get it, you're still not happy. You are still not satisfied because God has let leanness come into your soul. Man, I'm preaching today. Offerings are to skyrocket after this sermon today. There's no one to help us. 
We, I said it, in, and I think it was in last month's newsletter or the month before, we don't need a president. We need a move of God. I said, we don't need a president. We need a move of God. If you call that guy in the White House right now that don't have a mind, don't have a brain, God have mercy on his soul if he don't repent and come to the knowledge, and that's the fearful thing, in that mind and state in which he now possesses, how can he come to the knowledge of God? He'll be lost. These men, they, they, they lost out with God years ago. And they're now reaping what they sowed. We're all going to reap it. That's why you're supposed to be kind. You're supposed to be benevolent. You're supposed to be loving. Well, you don't sound like that today. You don't understand the difference between love and a, and a rebuke from God, a chastening from the word of the Lord. People, oh, that's not the kind of God that we serve. Don't preach like that now. Preach like Joey Osteen. Make me feel good. No, sir, I don't want your blood on my hands. If you take the time to listen to the voice of evangelism, I don't want your blood on my hands. And you can like me or you can turn me off. It's not going to affect how I preach. It's not going to affect my prayer life. It's not going to affect my Bible study. It's not going to affect how many days I fast. I'm going to keep on chasing God and pursuing God because I have to make it myself. First Corinthians 9.27, Know ye not they which run in the race run all? Excuse me, 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Know you not they which run in the race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that you might obtain. Everybody that runs the race don't get the crown, folks. One receives the prize, Paul said. Now, that's he's talking uh, 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 like an Olympian. He's, he's, he's talking about the Roman uh, games, and, and he's using that analogy. You see, today they want everybody to get a crown. They want everybody to get a trophy. Whether you come in last or first, Paul's making an analogy here. Know you not that they which run in a race run all? They all run, but he said, one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain the prize. Then watch this. He goes on down to verse 27, 1 Corinthians 9, 27. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Castaway? Yeah, you can lose your salvation. Paul knew that. Those preachers telling you you can't lose your salvation, they are lying to you. Let me tell you something. First, uh, first, Romans 1 and 28, Romans 1, 28, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Does anyone listening to me today want to be a reprobate? Why, no. Well, let me tell you, if my memory serves me correct, the Greek word and the number and the strong exhaustive concordance for reprobate and for castaway is number 96. If you've got a strong exhaustive concordance, look it up. Look up reprobate, look up castaway. Both 
numbers are 96 and the strong exhaustive concordance, adikimos is the words, and it means the same day. So let me, let me say it this way. 1 Corinthians 9, 27, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should become a reprobate. You never heard it quoted that way, have you? But it's the same word in the Greek. Paul, an apostle, says I could become a reprobate. That's exactly what he said. Don't challenge the word of God. You're going to lose. God's word is correct. God's word is immutable. God's word is inerrant. Don't, don't mess with God's word. That's, that's the trouble with all these versions, this version, that version. It's got to where now you don't even know what the Bible is saying anymore. I don't understand it. John 16, 13, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you and do all truth. 1 Corinthians 2, 9, it is written, I have not seen, neither ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Get into the presence of God, and God will show you things. Luke 24, 45, then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. You know why there's always a new version coming out? Do you know why there is always a new version of the Bible coming out? Do you really know why? It's because they can copyright it and make money. You can't copyright the King James Version. Now, you can use the King James Version, and you can put your personal notes in it. Then you can copyright it and sell it because you're selling your notes. A lot of you didn't know that. See, that's, that, that, see I'm telling you, this is why I, 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 I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of it. It's about money, 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 money. First, uh, First Timothy 6.10, the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some have coveted after they've erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. It is a self-affliction. It is a self-piercing. They do it to themselves, and then they say, I wonder what happened. You hear me say it. If you don't beg and plead for money, you can't get in trouble with money, can you? You just, you just can't do it. You just can't do it. But when all your mind is about is selling this and selling that and selling trinkets and amulets and all, of these, all this stuff, 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 stuff. I've ostracized myself. I'm told to keep myself unspotted. I'm told don't make merchandise of the people according to 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. Don't merchandise the people. That word merchandise in the Greek means mart, M-A-R-T, like Kmart, like Walmart. It's a joke. They've turned the truth of God 
into a lie. Romans 1, 22 says this. Let me go to Romans 1, 22 first. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. See, they think they're smart. They think they're wise. I was praying for wisdom this morning, but that's not the kind of sensual wisdom I want. I want the Holy Ghost wisdom. It's not sensual. It's not carnal. It's not from uh, uh, above. It is from beneath. So you you got earthly wisdom that is crooked and cunning and crafty. That's not the kind of wisdom I want. I want the wisdom that is from above, that is pure, that is honest, that is just. So Romans 1.22 says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. See, see, people become fools. Do you hear me? People become fools. And then Romans 1.25, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. What, is, what does it mean to change the truth of God into a lie? Sow your $1,000 seed faith. Did, did you ever see any of the apostles or Jesus preach that baloney? No, they just said, given it shall be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. What's that, Luke 6.37? Somebody can check me on that, Luke 6.37. Given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosoms. It didn't say, sow a seed, faith, offering of $1,000. That's just a ploy. That's just gimmickry. That's chicanery. That's trickery. And why does it bother me? Why does it bother me? Because I'm a preacher. I, 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 I am purportedly of the same profession. <laughs> I am not a professional preacher. Hello? I said I am not a professional preacher. I'm a God-called Holy Ghost anointed preacher of the gospel of Christ. That's all I am. I'm not professional. You know, I'm from the South. People make fun of my English. That's okay. <laughs> laugh at me. I laugh at me sometimes too because I'm funny. But I'll tell you one thing, and you know it. I got his word down in my heart. I've hid his word in my heart that I might not sin against my Lord. I know what's right. I know what's wrong. I, when, when I get as far as a thickness of a sheet of paper off track, I know it as soon as I do it. I know it. I know it just as soon as I say the wrong thing or I behave the wrong way or I, I move the wrong way. I know it. I know it. I was reading H.A. Ironsides one day last week. God bless that man. Past, Pastor Moody Memorial Church in Chicago. And I've said this, but I read it from him. And, he, and this is not exactly because I formulated it my own way, but he said the same thing. If a man quits praying, he'll start sinning. If he keeps praying, he will stop the sinning. People say, how, how am I going to stop this? How am I going to stop my sinning? How am I going to stop drinking my liquor? 
How am I going to stop smoking my pot? How am I going to stop watching pornography? How am I going to stop chasing women? How am I going to stop chasing men? You got to keep praying. You cannot get down on your knees every day and pray and talk to God and commune with God and fellowship with God. My God, I fast, I pray, I plead with God, and I hardly ever get a word or hear from God. You got people who never pray, who never fast. They hear from God all the time. Got this 70-some-year-old punk rocker down in Florida, got her hair dyed pink. Now she's threatening, if you challenge me, God's going to send angels to kill you. Have, have you ever heard such garbage in your life? This stuff is stupid. God's going to kill people if they challenge false prophecy. Let me tell you, God can do better than a punk rocker who wants to look like a punk rocker and says, I'm a prophet or prophetess. Same one, somebody sent me a video the day. Listen to this guy. And the whole time he's pulling his hair back like a woman. Get you a stinking haircut, okay? Quit trying to be a rock and roller, okay? I lived in the bars. I lived in the nightclubs. Johnny Rivers wanted me to come and be a part of his entourage. That's a long time ago. Some of you old folk will know who Johnny Rivers is. The song operator, you, you remember that. I, I won't go there, but the point is, I, I, I couldn't do that. And say I'm a, a a man of God. I, I just I just couldn't do that. <laughs> See, we've lost our conviction, so we can live any way, we can dress any way, we can prophesy any way, we can do anything we want to do, and there's no accountability. I'm telling you, folks, there needs to be accountability in the ministry and the work of God, and they're dying. Let me let me say something here today. In my spirit, there'll be those who say, that's pompous, that's arrogant, that's pride. When I die, what kind of person is going to take my place? What kind of preacher is going to take my place? Well, we don't need, you don't need to be replaced. That's true. I'm, I'm, I'm insignificant. But you know the guy that fills the void does he have a prayer life? Does he baptize himself in the word of God? See, we, we don't realize the more of us like David Wilkerson that die out, who, who's coming along? Who's coming along in their stead? We, we don't understand the, the significance of leadership. When Moses died, God had Joshua right there. But when Joshua died, it all changed. Now we got judges, one right after another. You see, leadership is so important. Nobody's going to be me. Nobody can clone me. I know most of you say, my God, who'd want to clone David Lankford? I agree with you on that. My wife will tell you that. But my point is, spiritually speaking, who's going to fill the void, the more of us that die? Who's going to do it? Every time a godly, Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled preacher dies, you need to ask yourself the question, who will fill that void? Another Joy Osteen? 
See, his daddy died. His daddy was a man of God. Lakewood Church, that guy preached. That guy preached and preached repentance. And look what filled his place. You say, you're, you're, you're so cynical, you're so critical. No, I am being realistic today. I, I'm being as real and bona fide and genuine as I can today, folks. I'm concerned. I care. See, the problem is people just don't care anymore. But I care. I care who's going to make the difference. If God don't help us, you can have all the help you want from men. David said in Psalms 108, verse 12, Give us help from trouble, for vain or worthless is the help of man. Do you think the psalmist understood how valuable God's help was compared to man's help? Give us help from trouble. He said, for worthless is the help of a man. You see, our help can only come from one, Jesus. Psalms 121, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. And when this help comes in the next verse, he says, he will not suffer the righteous to be moved. See, the devil's seeking daily to move the righteous, the godly, move you. The devil seeks to move the ancient landmarks. You know, in the old days, when they marked the land, they recorded it and marked it, they would pile up stones. And they'd say, this is a cornerstone here and a cornerstone here. and There were your boundary stones. You know what the enemy would do? He'd come along and move the stones. He would move the ancient landmark. Every, every year that goes by and we suffer and we don't preach the word of God, we're allowing the ancient landmarks to be moved. Paul said, none of these things move me. You see, you got to be fixed. I said the other day, that don't mean something's broke. It's fixed in like an affixation, an affinity. It is nailed down. We don't understand the gravity of Paul's words when he talked about nailing everything to the cross nailing it that it cannot be changed. It's sure. It's fixed. Not that it was broken, but it's fixed in a place. It cannot be removed. But the greater the famine of the word of God, the more we move in the wrong direction. Amos 8, 11 says, Behold, the day cometh, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the word of the Lord. The people that listen to the voice of evangelism have a love for the word of God. You know, we get emails and letters 
the people that love us, and they say, I just love, you preach the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. That's my message. That's my calling. That's my gifting. Every man should be gifted to preach the word if he's called. But I, 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 I expound, I preach, I teach the word of the Lord. Because Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Not going to pass away. Not going to fail. David Lankford is fallible. I'll say it again. I, I'm amazed. I'm almost amused that God allows a flawed man like myself to preach a perfect gospel. I mean, the gospel is perfect. The word of God is perfect. It is inerrant. It is immutable. It doesn't change. It doesn't oscillate. It doesn't vacillate. It is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And for that, you should be very grateful and very, very, very thankful. Exceedingly grateful. Exceedingly thankful. Why? Wouldn't it be terrible to serve a God that says, well, now this is the way today. And next year, he says, now this is the way this year. And the next year, he says, now this is the way it is this year. See, that's the way men do you. God doesn't do that. He said, I'm the same yesterday, today, forever. Malachi 3, 6, I'm the Lord. I change not. I don't change. One of the great understandings and revelation God gave me was, God does not change, but he changed the covenant. From an Old Testament, that's why it's called the New Testament. That's what changed. God didn't change. People don't understand that. God is just as angry with the wicked in the Old Testament as he is with people in the New Testament. Sin is sin. God abhors it. It's just the way of salvation. Now it's through Jesus, the Lord's Christ, and not by some mosaic ceremonial law. John 1, 17, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. This uh, uh, month's newsletter, I forget what I actually entitled it now. I write so much, I read so much. But the, the, the theme, the motif was uh, Exodus 33. Moses said, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me thy way. He said, I will show you the way, and my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. Moses, living under the Mosaic law. What is he pleading for? What is he begging for? Grace. Give me grace, God. Give me grace. And, oh, he got grace. My Lord, he got grace. Talk to God face to face. God put him in the rock and passed by him. said, I'll let you see my hinder part. He let him see a, a, an attribute of God. No, he wasn't looking at God's fanny. Deity doesn't have a fanny, okay? When he said hinder part, he's talking about a, a small measure, but it was so magnificent. It was, it was so profound. Moses comes off the mountain, and what do they do? They put a veil over the man of God. He's so illuminated. Why? Been in the presence of the Lord. See, when you, when you get in God's presence... You change. See, this is why I know these preachers aren't praying. They're not calling out to God. They're not weeping. They're not lamenting. They're not prostrating themselves and laying before a holy God because they don't ever come out different. 
You, you, you get in the presence of God, you change. You get the heart throb, the heartbeat of God, and you come out. And you preach the word of the Lord. You declare, thus saith the Lord. Why? Because God has touched you. God, metaphorically, symbolically, spiritually, took a coal from the altar and he put it on Isaiah's lips and purged him. Now, he didn't burn the lips of Isaiah like somebody would be burnt with a, a physical piece, a chunk of coal. But it was symbolic. I'm going to clean your mouth out, Isaiah. I'm going to clean your words up, and you're going to speak. And that fire and that coal is going to come out of your mouth because it's going to be quick. It's going to be sharp. It's going to be powerful, Isaiah. Because I've touched your mouth. I've touched your lips with my fire and a coal from my altar. Now, I don't know if it was from the brazen altar or the altar of incense, but it doesn't matter as long as it's the fire of God. That, my friend, is the difference. That is the difference. May God comfort you. May God watch over you. May God order your steps in his word. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for supporting us. Tell somebody about the voice of evangelism. Share our videos. Tell the world. We are preaching an uncompromising message from his word. Again, direct television, channel 376, Dish Network, channel 267. Tuesday nights at 10 p.m., Saturday afternoons at 3 p.m. God is accelerating his work. God is accelerating his work. That's the word he gave me nine years ago, 2012. The word acceleration. Things are accelerating. Get ready for inflation. Things are going to change in America. I love y'all. See you tomorrow. The Voice of Evangelism with David Langford is brought to you by the faithful listeners and supporters throughout America. If you're looking for an uncompromising message, we invite you to tune in each week to The Voice of Evangelism. For more information, write to The Voice of Evangelism at P.O. Box 502, Kayser, North Carolina, 28020. That's P.O. Box 502, Kayser, North Carolina, 28020.